<clears throat> Hello and welcome back to the Game Bet Match Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Friedman, along with my co-host. Brad Sloan. All right, back in the house, baby, for uh semifinals. Yeah. We've been consistent this uh, this fortnight. Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we first couple rounds were tough, but now it gets a little bit better as the match just started. Like second week, the good thing about second week is it's possible to do previews. It's just not as exciting from a tennis yeah. perspective. Like it's almost impossible to do like yeah. pods during the during the first week of a tournament. It's so much more fun. <laughs> first week is better. I mean, before <laughs> I used to like prefer like before betting, I used to prefer second week just because like the matches are better. But now Ooh. I like I much much prefer the first week. I did. Maybe the laundry is so sharp by the time you get to second week. It's like yeah. I can almost always just I can almost always tell you why the line is what it is, and then it's like. A real guess. But it's just, you have matches all over the place. You have matches starting at 7 p.m. going until like, you know, 7 in the morning. Like now with oh, the yeah, second week. you're sweating week, all night no matter what. Matches. Good day, bad day, whatever. You're all, you're sweating all night. Whereas like this is. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right. So let, let's get right into it. I guess uh, since we have some more time, we can uh, recap the, the quarterfinals. So the first one was Djokovic Fritz. Um, we cashed on the. Well, we actually didn't cash, right? On anything? No, we didn't cash. We had the under or yeah. the, uh, I think you had, I can't remember what you had. I had the under. I had the eight, six and a half. And neither cash. Yeah. Yeah, Djokovic nearly got the backdoor cover. Yeah. Um, At six and a half, but he couldn't I get don't that feel bad about that one at all. Djokovic was 0 for 15 on break points the first two sets. That's just not going to happen very often. Like. It's exactly. Yeah, you know, like I, unfortunately, right? Like part of the deal with tennis with the scoring system is like it's gonna a lot of times it's gonna come down to like you know how players perform on those points. You know, Djokovic. I mean, if you told me Djokovic was gonna generate fifteen break points, yeah, I would have been more than happy. You know what I mean? I would have been like, you know, I would have I would have been thrilled. Um, right. the The only thing I could say about that match from a betting perspective is I was probably right in hitting the spread rather than the total. Right, because of that fact, right? Yeah, because probably. I mean, Fritz couldn't keep it up in the third and the fourth. But I don't know if it was so much he couldn't keep it up. He just didn't like, you know, like how long is he going to save fifteen break points for? That's true. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> at some point, math takes over. Like, very true. Yeah, I, I mean, I also had the no tie break there, which was painful. I mean, it it was it was a painful match from a betting perspective. What what do you take from like Djokovic's play? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like, I don't know. I think, I think he looks pretty good. Like I'm not again, like, yeah, Fritz got a set. I get it. But like, I'm not like concerned about this, you know? I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm the way I look at it is like, he couldn't win any break points, but like, again, how often is that going to happen? Like in that matchup, if they play 20 times, is Djokovic ever losing 15 break points again? No, no. I, I also had a bad joke, which to break serve in every set, which is just it's painful because like, I mean, the honestly, yeah. the it's honestly more like the takeaway in my mind is just to back Djokovic in this matchup even more. Like if Fritz has to save 15 break points to win a set to lose three one, like he's no chance. No chance. No chance. Yeah, I, it, it was just it was more unlucky <laughs> than than bad from our part. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, he should be fine. I mean, uh, so that wrist thing that he had in the United Cup is it like it has it even been brought up during this? Hardly. This night? Hardly. I mean, 
it may exist and he's not talking about it, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't see Did he, did he call the trainer? I don't even remember. I don't think he called the no, trainer. I don't think he's match, called the like... trainer. He seems perfectly fine. I mean, um, and then moving on to the center Rublev match, <laughs> um, center is playing incredibly well. Um, he hasn't dropped a set. He's the only player who hasn't. Although Rublev had a five, one lead in that second set tiebreak. Rublev should have won that second True. set. True. But I think it shows Sinner's improvement in playing bigger points better. Like I remember last year during Wimbledon, we were, or at least I was commenting on how he couldn't, he wasn't converting break points and he was just not playing those big points well. I mean, this, the semi against Djokovic at Wimbledon, like he had a bunch, he created a bunch of opportunities. He just couldn't capitalize. Um, And now I feel like it's the reverse. Now he's, he's being opportunistic. Yeah, because he played really good tennis in that tiebreak to get it back to five all. It's not like Rublev like gifted it to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. It, I didn't think Rublev was particularly green either, and I didn't okay. get to watch that sure. much of it. But the little bit that I watched, I, I was a little disappointed in Rublev. But I feel like that's almost guaranteed once you get to this point in slams. To be honest, that Rublev's going to throw in a disappointing performance. I don't necessarily think it's disappointing from him. I just think he's just not good enough. Like this is his ceiling, you know, and and we could see it. Like until Rublev develops a net game, develops some variation, develops like some adds to his game, he's going to continue falling in this stage. Like he gets here only because of his you know incredible will, his compete level, like physicality you know, great ground game. Like, that's why he gets to this point. But then after this point, all these guys have that and then some, you know? So, like, Rublev, we see his ceiling. And this is his ceiling right now. Like, unless he makes some drastic improvement, it's not going to change. I think he can do better than get a set. Or I think he can do better than get... I think he can, you know, win tie breaks from up 5-1 and... and... Okay, fair. But, you know like, what I mean? Like, and, 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 like, I would have... I I wasn't expecting to win the match, but I I thought he could take a set. But even if he pulls out that second set, does he win the match unless like Sinner goes away physically? Well, Sinner was having the issue with his stomach. He was kind of he... yeah. I was going to bring that up. So do you do you think that's a lingering issue? I, I don't he know. He said it. I think he said it was something he ate, so he should be fine. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think it's a concern. I think it's always a concern with Sinner. You know what I mean? And, and who knows? It could be him saying that too. You know what I mean? Like if I, heck, if I was Sinner, I wouldn't want to, if I had a real issue with my, my abdomen, I wouldn't want to say anything before a big semifinal match. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed to go away in the third set. Uh, he didn't seem to make... He, he, he said he it went away in the third. third. He said it went away in the third. Okay. Um. I mean, I'm hoping it's something, you know, he ate. Yeah, I mean, again, I'll go back to the breakpoint stats. 0 for 8 for Rublev, though, 2 for 7 for Sinner. So, again, like, you know, I mean, Rublev wasn't far away there for making that competitive. Yeah, another disappointing loss from a betting perspective. I had the Sinner 3-1 at plus 230. Like, yeah. <clears throat> in hindsight, that's a fantastic bet. It just didn't come through. I had the Sinner five and a half games. I mean, it's close to not hitting with the 7-6 set, but, like, it, it did. Uh, just but more because of serving order in the third, I felt so. Yeah. And I had a parlay Djokovic to win in straights and center minus one and a half sets. And if I flip topped him, I would have cashed there too. So it just was like a painful day in terms of betting. 
Like, but yeah, you like decent reads, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think the books had it pretty spot on. Like, they did. They did. Three one wasn't a bad look there, though. I'll agree with that. But that's what the books were asking, right? Can Brew Blood win a set? Yeah, right? and it was juiced to that end, right? But like, yeah, uh, I mean, and I think Rublev showed like he should. I mean, he should have. Yeah, he should. He should have been able to win a set. Yeah, but I don't think any lower of Rublev because of this result, right? Like the way he started the season is he's won a two fifty and he made a quarterfinal of a slam, and that's that's been what he was last year, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not as a tennis player. I'm not too concerned. Again, like if he holds on to that five-one tiebreak at you know that five-one lead in the tiebreak. Yeah. Then he gets you know like you know then then we're talking a whole different. And he plays a little better in general, and if he wins a set, like we're talking about like not anything really different. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't. So I'm not. I guess I agree with you. I think he's still the fifth best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as far as the bottom half of the draw goes, yesterday's <laughs> matches, uh, we got QB and uh Medvedev. Um, that won five sets. Um, the over 40 and a half cash to our GBM play, which was nice. Um, it's kind of what I was expecting in terms of that matchup, right? They've had a lot of close matches in the past. Yeah. For whatever reason. Medvedev really struggles with that matchup, and I'm not really sure why. Like, you would think he wouldn't, but he seems to really struggle with it. I think it's because um, Medvedev doesn't necessarily have, like, huge weapons himself, you know? Right. And so he doesn't really do as well in, in, against Hubie and rallies as he should. And, and to give Hubie a lot of credit, like, Hubie moves a lot better than you'd think he would. He moves incredibly well, to be honest. For a guy his size, yeah. Because I think Medvedev feasts on guys that miss. Yeah, right? he likes yeah. baiting you into errors. He that he doesn't really. It's not like Alcaraz where he pushes you to the limit where, <clears throat> you know, in the corners where you're going to miss. Right. He kind of baits you into an unforced error. That's what Medvedev does. Yeah. So Hubie likes that because that's kind of what Hubie does. Right. He does. He doesn't hit errors. He he serves and pushes. Right. So Medvedev really needs to outmaneuver him in order to get the ball by him. And it's, it's that, that presents a challenge that he's just not used to. And, and I, I think like on top of it, like, you know, look, Hubie's going to ace anybody in the world a certain number of times. Right. Right. Like it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter if you're doing the Omedvedev. I don't know how many aces Hubie hit in the match, but you know, uh, yeah, I don't care who you are. Hubie's going to ace you a certain number of times just because he's, you know, just cause he's got that serve. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. That's very true. Um, but I do think it was worth mentioning that how much Medvedev was able to move around with his return positioning. Yep. And I thought he did really well returning from the bait when he was up at the baseline. I thought he did really well actually returning the Hubie serve from the baseline. I felt like it caught Hubie out like out of surprise though. Like I felt like Hubie wasn't expecting that, and that's what yeah caused that early break in the first. A hundred percent agreed. Right. I, I, I meant, <clears throat> but then he did a little bit a bit in the fifth too. I meant more like I thought the way he um like like the true returns. Like if you remember him, he tried to do this against Alcaraz at Wimbledon last year and it was a disaster. Like he couldn't he couldn't hit the return, like he was hitting returns in the net, five feet out, shanking balls like outside the net posts. Like he was making the returns in the court. 
Yeah, but I think like against Alcaraz, it was more the problem with after he gets the return back, he's just on a rope, right? Because like, well, if he stands in his own position, yeah, <laughs> push him so much from the baseline. But like with Hubie, he he knows that Hubie's not really going to hurt him off the ground, so there's less pressure on that return. Whereas with Alcaraz, if, if Medvedev doesn't do anything with the return, he's toast. Yeah. <clears throat> You know what I mean? So I think it's a different matchup. Like that's why Medvedev was able to alter the return position because he didn't feel super pressured in rallies. It's hard to say, right? Cause I thought he did really well with it, but to your point, he wasn't particularly aggressive. He was just like, he was just using it as a way to, to like kind of take a little bit of time away, but it wasn't like, I, I get it. It wasn't like, it wasn't super aggressive returning from Medvedev. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, 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 I don't think Hubie is really a guy you can kind of fade or like, I, I don't necessarily think he's a pure <clears throat> guy like he was last year. Like he, he, it feels like he's returning better. Yeah, it, it does. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm still not bought in yet. Like for me, he's got to beat more like top 20 guys. He just, he seems to really, no, I'm not even saying top five guys, top 10 guys, but even top 20 guys, he seems to struggle with. I've got to see more from him against like his peers. You know what I mean? Against like, Mm-hmm. The guys in the 10 to 15 range. Yeah. What's his record like a little bit? What? What's his record against top 10 players? I'm looking up now. <clears throat> Hubert Herkatch. Ubi. That is a great name. It is. <laughs> he's two and eight in uh, last year or last 52 weeks against top 10 players. He's five and 12 against top 20 guys. He's gotten a little better against his, his contemporaries, but still, that's not like. Still not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see him do better against top 20s given. Given. Uh... And he's one and six against the top five, but what the one win was against Sissipas, which doesn't really count. yeah yeah i mean yeah you're right you're right he has to prove himself more against these top guys he's getting closer i mean he plays everyone tough you know he takes it right i agree sets off you know took a set off dimitra uh jokovic at the world tour finals at wimbledon um took a set off zverev at the united cup nearly won that outright um, you know, took two sets off Medvedev here, took sets off Alcaraz. But like, he just doesn't get over the hump. That's that's Hubie's thing, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> very close, very close. But as far as Medvedev goes, I mean, I don't think it's been the greatest run for him. I don't think he's like shown shown great form. No, I don't think he's least. been good at all. But this is what Medvedev does. Like, didn't we say the same thing in Miami last year? Well, he's 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 begun to embrace winning ugly in a way that I don't know that he did like a few years, you know, like maybe two, three years back. He's begun to embrace like he's begun to embrace winning like, you know, more difficult matches. Yeah. I, I think the uh, the best run of form I've ever seen from Medvedev was that 19 summer. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Summer. Right. Like that was winning easily, consistently. Right. And yeah. he's never really reached that again. 
right? It's tough to judge though, because like that was that was mostly smaller tournaments, right? I guess there were a couple of masters in oh, there. Really? I mean, it was uh Washington, DC. Then it was that he made the final loss to Curios. Then he went to Toronto, made the final loss to Nadal. Then he won Cincinnati, made the final of the US Open, and then he won Shanghai. <clears throat> so it yeah, wasn't pretty good. It's yeah. not like yeah. Um, but I mean He's cemented himself as the second best hardcore player, though. I, I oh, I would see yeah, for sure. Well, well yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would say second, but I wouldn't say he's cemented. I would put Medvedev above okay. Sinner still in a hardcore, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's cemented. I would say it's damn close between those two. It might even be like almost. It's. It's. I think mean, I'd say it's pretty close. Well, Medvedev made the final of the U.S. Open. Sinner made the fourth round. So, like, I don't. I don't. How much do you weigh those? Like indoor court indoor tournaments at the end of the year like not, not as much but and it's not like center won the world tour finals he still lost that to Djokovic yeah you know yeah so I it does I, have I, two wins over Djokovic and granted those were we'll get to that in a second but like you know so I get I like I don't know I I I look I I'd still say Medvedev I'd put Medvedev as I would put Medvedev as second. I would agree, but I, I just don't think it's cemented. I think you could make an argument for center. Okay. And then the uh, Alcaraz Varev match, we hit the over thirty six and a half. We barely got there. It was uh, we we needed a choke. <clears throat> Although I mean, to be Varev. honest, like I don't remember. I think I think I posted in the uh, in our Discord like Alcaraz just makes six balls because like <laughs> you knew like you knew if he could just make six balls of points, Varev was gonna choke that. At least that's what that's what I felt like. Well, he even said in his post-match interview, like, it's not realistic to win one, two, and three against someone like Alcaraz or one, three, and two, right? Like, so he kind of was, I guess, felt like it was too good to be true almost. But how much of that match do you think was bad Alcaraz and how much of it do you think was good Zverev? Like, what what percentage would you give? Well, well I think it was pretty equal. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, Sinner served at like 90% for the first two sets, which is insane. Now, granted, I don't love that he was being more aggressive than he usually is off his first serve, which was mm -hmm. kind of the big deal, I thought. So I was being aggressive and, and going for corners and still making 90%. I don't love when people bring up the first serve percentage being high for Zverev all the time because he does serve at 70% normally. Like, he does, he does make it a normally high right. percentage of first serves in general. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I thought Zverev... But... I also thought we were kind of getting a little excited about like, you know, I'll just, the serve is just the easiest place to break down this stroke. I think it's a lot easier to get excited about how like Wells Varev is serving when Alcaraz isn't moving for returns and is just shanking every return out. Like if Alcaraz is making returns and returning better, I don't think we're getting all excited about Zverev's serving performance. I agree. So, yeah. And then during rallies, Alcaraz was just the tactics. I mean, you mentioned the discord, but I can't agree more. Like, for two and a half sets, the tactics were just, I don't really know what was going on tactically. It looked like it would almost, it's almost like if he was hurt, that would be an explanation for it. But I don't think he was hurt, but like, I was trying to understand what was going on, why he was just like, like, I don't know if he felt intimidated or felt worried because of how hot, because it did come out hot. But I mean, he's from, from like, you know, after he got broken to go down three love in the first set, like Alcaraz started like getting way too aggressive. Yeah, he tries to like hit himself out of a funk and it's like it's just not the way to do it. Like even, you know, with 
like lower level tournaments, like the way you get out of the funk is just making balls, you know, like, yeah. And he also, I feel like tries to like, he was trying to shorten the points. Right. And I didn't really understand that, especially when Zverev spent so much more time on the court. I don't really understand why you wouldn't want to make that physical. And it was Zverev's, you know, with Zverev, I mean, but it well, almost I, felt I like say. like Alcaraz was off balance on a, in in a lot of rallies. Like it just felt like, I mean, he's he shows incredible foot speed, but it, it doesn't feel like he was on balance when he was hitting the ball, and it just felt like he was rushed. And I I don't know, maybe it had to do with what Zverev's like good aggressive play, and that probably has something to do with it. But <laughs> it just. I, I don't know. It's, something is wrong. Like something is not right with Alcaraz. He's he's regressed. I, I would say since Wimbledon. I, I think yeah, we can, I agree. We can say that. Like <laughs> I know he had a good run in uh, yeah. you know Cincinnati and like you know U.S. Open. He made the semis, but but we're we're measuring him against you know really high standards, and that's that's what he's. No, no. If you're measuring himself. him against his normal standards, which would be second best player in the world at worst. And competitive yeah. with Novak Djokovic, he's not there right now. So yeah, no, I would not. agree with you. He's not, and he has a lot of points to defend coming up. So he, you know, I, I'm not like panicking with him. I think he's he's fine. But like I did say in our preseason pod, I thought he was due for a little bit of regression. Yeah, I mean, look, I ended up hitting it with you. The no slams at plus three fifty, so that's yeah. one down. We dodged one bullet. Now the French will be the hardest bullet to dodge, but one bullet's dodged. You do you think? Uh... Do you think clay is his best surface? Um, I think relative to the other top guys, because I think like Joe, I would say clay is Djokovic's worst surface, worst surface by a pretty significant margin. But like, um, I, I, would, I just looked at the odds and Djokovic is plus two ten to win the French and Alcrest is like plus one twenty or one thirty. Like, I think that's a that must hammer for Djokovic right now. Yeah. It's just so far out, but yeah, I hear you. Um, but if you look at the other top guys, like I don't think Sinner's particularly like I don't think like Clay is Sinner's Sinner's best surface. Clay certainly isn't Medvedev's best surface. So I think, you know, yeah, I, I don't think Sinner's particularly bad on Clay, but I think if you compare him with the top guys, I think that uh you know, like like the guys he's fighting, I mean there's there's four guys who are really fighting for these slams, right? It's it's Djokovic, Sinner, Medvedev, and Alcaraz at this point in my mind. Mm-hmm. And of those four guys, I think, you know. Uh, certainly Medvedev and Djokovic don't love, don't love the clay. I think, uh, Sinner is probably more ambivalent, but then again, the clay is more physical. So that's, that's yeah, a little more Sinner either. So yeah. yeah, I think if Alcaraz is going to win a slam, his best shots, the French, but he oh, could right. win any of them, right? He's got the talent clearly. So well, he won Wimbledon, which is probably the least likely one you thought he would get, yeah. but, uh, he was just in different form. The tactics were just way better at that point. Like, I don't know. It's it's regressed. And even um, like yesterday, that wasn't even 2022 tactics. That was like 2021 Alcaraz. Like that was really bad for, for a lot of it. And until he finally got his mojo in the third set, you know. Well, uh, I don't think but, he got his mojo. I just think he like he realized like, hey, Zverev might choke this if I let him for, you know, for the five. Yeah. I and mean, he played a great tiebreak. The tiebreak he played was awesome. So was props for that. But yeah. yeah. And then the fourth set, he had break point, I believe, at three, four or something. And uh, Zverev saved it with this, like, insane point, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he was able to break it for all and come back and win. 
<laughs> yeah, strong uh, mental effort from Zverev to yeah. bounce back from that that choke in the third. Hey, Mehmet, uh, uh, Manny, yeah, you said something about eight months ago. You said you wanted me to tell you every time Zverev has a, has a strong mental performance. I think this goes into the strong mental performance okay. after choking that 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 serving for the match. I, I I've got to put this one in the uh, strong okay. mental efforts from okay. Zverev. Uh, I I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Um, because he could have gone away. I thought he was going to go away after he lost. The me third. too. Me too. Especially with all the, the the extra time he's putting compared to Alcaraz. Um, he was minus. He was minus one ten after he lost the third set. I mean, they they were basically a pick em after the third set. I don't think it was good enough to to hit Alcaraz at that point, just because I didn't see enough of like a prolonged <laughs> prolonged high level from him. Yeah, to hit that. Um, it was tempting. Definitely was tempting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Do you? I I don't know. I I. See, Zverev, it just feels like he plays down to the level of the competition, but then when he plays someone as a dog, he tends to like be pretty competitive in those matches too. You know, it's it's, it's similar to Hubie in a way, right? Where like he can go seven six in the fifth or third against anyone, but then he can also like rise to the occasion and beat some of these guys. I wouldn't say it's as extreme as Hubie, but yeah, I'd say to some extent you're right. I mean, we did mention Zverev definitely has one ugly now ever since ever since the injury return. He's definitely one ugly. It's it's hard to say because he really hasn't had any. I mean, this is is this his first top ten win since coming since coming back from the injury? It might be. I think his only two top ten wins since slams are against Alcaraz at the French and here. Yeah, so I mean, but there, there's no way, reason why Zverev should have been plus four hundred on the money line against Alcaraz. Uh, like, yeah, I, I actually can see that. I think I can see that in because, high- um, wow, Zverev's won his last four against the top ten. I didn't realize that. It's pretty impressive. Really? Yeah, he beat Alcaraz at World Tour Finals. Uh, beat Alcaraz in, in Australian Open. Then he beat Hubie and Sitsipas, but still pretty impressive. Okay. And I guess he, he did beat, that's right, he did He did uh, beat Medvedev in Cincinnati, which I was surprised by. He beat Sinner at the US Open. I forgot about that. I can't remember. I, I can't put I forgot about all these wins, but yeah, he's he's got a bunch of them. So he's he's doing pretty well. What about uh, what about in slams against the top Well, 10? I mean, since, since 2020, since the past year and a half, he's got um, I mean, it's it's just it's just the, the only match he's got against top guys is the win against Sinner, and then Alcaraz you can't even talk about because he was just so gassed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one, so the Alcaraz or so his top three top ten wins and slams are two against Alcaraz and one against Sinner in his yeah. career. Yeah, I got to see more in slams. Like I, this was a good performance, but I, I'm. <clears throat> I'm not really buying that he can back it up against Medvedev. We'll, we'll get more. I'm also really that. not loving the choke at 5-3. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel like Alcaraz really did much, specifically in the 5-3 game. And even really in the 5-4 game, I thought it was more just Zverev honestly choking it away. I mean, as you said, Alcaraz put six balls on the court in that 5-3 game. Yeah. That got him the break, right? Like, yeah. if he implemented those tactics more where he was just 
kind of digging in rallies and getting more balls in the court, like it's probably a different result. I agree. And that's why like, and I like, like plus 400 isn't that long, right? Like that's only one to four. Like it's only, I mean, that means he's like, he still has to win 20% of the time to cover a plus 400. I don't know. Like he's not a better player than, than these top guys. And he's not a, and then you have to deal with the mental stuff as well. When he gets close, I, I've got a hard time. Like plus 400. Is Everything slam. is like, easier. In a best of three, I would completely agree with you, but in a best of five, it's a different story. Like this is Zverev having the performance of his life for two sets and Alcaraz being well below par. Maybe the worst performance, honestly, from Alcaraz we've seen in, in a long time. Well, listen, we didn't hit it for that reason. Plus Zverev and, you know, top against top 10 guys in slams. And, that, that, and that's why we hit the over, right? Best. Like, because I did yeah. think Zverev was good for a set and the book said Zverev was good for a set. Like, you know, 400 doesn't mean that the guy's going to get completely whitewashed. It just means that he's going to get beat probably solidly most of the time. It's tough, man. These books, yeah, these I mean, everything's easier in hindsight. Yeah. I mean, nobody could have predicted that Zverev's going to come out and play the way he did the first two sets. Right. Right. And Alcaraz played that badly. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was more bad Alcaraz than good Zverev, but um, like, I don't, as you said, I don't think we should overreact from the serving performance because Zverev does typically get 70% of first serves in. Um, that being said, I mean, he was serving big and making them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, I actually think that the double fault yips that he had a couple of years ago has really helped his first serve percentage because, you know, he just didn't want to miss. He just doesn't want to miss first serve. So, like, he's improved his first serve to the point where he doesn't have to hit many second serves. You know, I think it's a little different. I think it's more that he's and I'm going to give Zverev all the credit in the world for this. I think he's realized that he has second serve yips. And so the best the best way for him to 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 manage that is to take take off the first serve a little bit. I don't think he did it so much against Alcaraz, but to in general, take off the first serve, make more first serves and avoid having to hit second serves. Because while his first serve percentage is super high, his first serve points one percentage is not not nearly as high as his you know contemporaries in the top 10. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't also have the best serve plus one, I would say, because his forehand is kind of... Well, that's the problem, right? His better, like, his his wing is his backhand. Right. And yeah, Zverev out of the backhand. You you mentioned it, but Zverev Zverev out of the slot on the backhand is just incredible. Like, that is just like... Like, I could watch that all day. Like... (laughs) It's the best regulation... I was really disappointed that it's I didn't really backhand. see ESPN do a breakdown of that. And I would have loved to see them take like two minutes, three minutes in between the sets and do a breakdown yeah. of that, that backhand. Cause like, it's just such a, it's it incredible. like the perfect shot. It is. So and honestly, it might be like, it might be the best shot in the game. Just pound for pound. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's gotta be up there. It's gotta be like a top, top three. Cause like, I don't think there's a question as to whether or not he's got the best backhand in the game. In the slot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely none of the one-handers. Um, I guess Djokovic, but Djokovic is it's it's more like a consistent on the run backhand, but like just a just a standard slot backhand, as you said, is 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 variable day. Um, yeah. I guess the Alcox forehand 
Yeah, the opera has forehand, you're right. But he does miss it a little bit because his tactics sometimes get bad, whereas Zverev, I feel like it's... Like, I gotta say, too, Zverev's tactics are usually pretty solid, too. But Zverev, it's the forehand and the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his tactics are are pretty good. I mean, I, I think because, like, players usually don't have nearly as good of a backhand as he does, right? So, yeah, like, I don't that think they're particularly... Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, because they're favorite. not particularly, like, interesting. Like, he certainly isn't Djokovic, where, like, he's able to do, like, different stuff. But I think his tactics are, like, they're pretty solid, I would say. Maybe more than, like, great, you know? Well, I think it's more because his strength feeds into opponents' weaknesses, True. Right. Like no point, one yeah. has as good of a backhand. So like obviously if he gets into a backhand to backhand patent, like that's what he aims for against yeah. every left every right. And he can really go either way with it, huh? Like the way he goes down the line with it is oh, pretty amazing too. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a great backhand. <coughs> yeah. All right. So that does it for our quarterfinal recap. So uh let's let's get into the two semis. So um the first semi is I mean I, I it really should be the se the second semi. I I honestly think it's the final, to be honest. Like I think whoever wins this match is going to win the tournament. Do you agree well, with that? Well, the reason it's not is, and I and I do I actually want to applaud the Australian Open on this for doing it this way because I think mm -hmm. it like it would have been pretty unfair to Zverev to throw him out there thirty six hours after beating Alcaraz. At mm -hmm. least with this, he gets mm -hmm. an extra few hours. You know, he gets the extra the day to rest. So that's why they didn't. I think it was it was, it was fair to Zverev, and I want to applaud. It, it's one of the few times like we've seen tennis look out for the players. Agree. And there's plenty to complain Agreed. about tennis, but there's, you know, pro I also want to say, like, good the Australian Open for finally making these on the same day. I know they did, I think, a few years back, mm -hmm. but, like, for a long time, they had the separate, separate semi separate days, and that was just dumb. So I. It was I, dumb. Know, so dumb. Pro progress is progress. And so, like, on the occasions when tennis yeah. actually does something progressive, like, and I want, I want to applaud because we, we just spent a lot of time bashing, okay. bashing tennis. Deserve it. I know it's so, common sense but... stuff, but you can't always expect expect, <laughs> expect common sense stuff, especially when money's involved. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so as far as this matchup goes, uh Djokovic versus center, the two best um players, I would say, in the last like three, <clears throat> four months. Um I would also say the reason why I would say this is the final is because A, Medvedev's not playing that well right now, and I think like I think Sinner gives Djokovic a lot more problems than Medvedev does. Not well, that Medvedev can't beat Djokovic, but I think it's a lot. I think this is a much scarier match for Djokovic. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Djokovic is a three and a half game favorite, minus two <laughs> money line. Sinner is plus 180. The over under is 40 and a half. Uh, from a betting perspective, what catches your eye first? I think this line is perfectly set, to be honest. The more I looked at this, right? Um, and in fact, if anything, like this is super lame, but I'm, but like probably the best bet on the board here is just the Djokovic money line at minus 220. I know it's super juice, but if you look in the, and I pulled up the stats, if you, no, I gotta dig them up. All right. I looked at the stats. Basically, if you look at the head to head where Djokovic, where Sinners won two out of four from Djokovic in the past year. Mm hmm. The stats tell a different story, right? Um, but I'm just pulling them up just so I can read them off.
But on the stats, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's like Drogovic is like like his serve plus return points one percentage is like 110. Sinners is like 90. The reason why Sinners were able to win these matches in the three hard court matches, Sinners won five out of nine break points. Um, I, I just I don't I, see that being sustainable. Certainly not winning five out of nine. Um, so I don't see I, I don't really like I get Sinners hitting the ball well. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not. I think Djokovic is still above Sinner as a player. And then you, and then you, um, you add in the fact that you've got the physicality concerns, and you've got the, um, if the stomach thing exists, I don't know if it does or not. Um, yeah, that has to be con- um, accounted for for sure. There's also a mental aspect to this, right? Like, there's a mental. There's like, a, like, like Sinner's never made a final, so a Sinner gets to like deep in the match like is he gonna be comfortable yeah closing um <clears throat> so so yeah i think my play here but i do think like on the, on the basis of tennis i think this line is fair just the, like the two as tennis players but taking in those those extraneous factors which are all late in the match factors um so I, I, well, I, I think, think just I, I think just from a tennis perspective i think this should center should be like plus 150 plus 140 like I agree, Djokovic is a overall better tennis player, but the way Sinner is playing right now, up to this point, has to be arguably more impressive than what Djokovic has done. Like he hasn't dropped a set yet. Um, I thought the Kachanov Rublev matches, like those are top tier opponents that he brushed aside pretty pretty easily. I mean, I understand the Rublev; he could have lost a set. Maybe the Kachanov won too, but he didn't. Right, and he was. <laughs> really good in those key moments. And, you know, I I think that Davis Cup win gives him some confidence and stuff. Like, from a tennis perspective, Sinner is playing incredibly well right now. Um, and But I think if you make get him plus 140 just on tennis, and then it becomes plus 180, you know, from all those other factors that you mentioned, I think it's, it's right on as well. Um, I would look towards the over-under here. I, I think I think we're gonna get four or five sets, and I don't see many like six two six three sets to be honest. Um, so I I'm leaning the over forty and a half at minus one fifteen. Yeah, That's I have a hard time getting there. Just I can eye. see. I mean, if the physicality becomes a concern, you could get a you could get a late six two set, and that could be a problem. Um, and I think like. What's the weather going to be? What? What's the weather going to be? It's a it's a cool seventy degree. Like the, the weather's not bad for either guy. The weather's okay. the weather's pretty fair, seventy degrees. It's just a matter of it, is center ready for four to five like grueling sets of tennis. You know, he should be. He should be fresh. He should be fine. To be honest, it really should. It's but- really only the stomach thing. Like if that stomach thing is not a problem, I don't see why he couldn't um, last because he's only played twelve sets. <laughs> this tournament in eight days. It's not like he's like really uh, extended himself, you know, during the first week of the tournament. Yeah. He spent 11 hours on court. Yeah. It's just crazy that we're not talking about that with a 36 year old and Djokovic has played way more this tournament, (sighs) you know, like, yeah. In fact, it's a question mark with center is just a testament to how great Djokovic is. Um, 
I mean, if I got plus 200 with Sinner, I'd probably hit that on the money line. Plus 180 is not quite good enough for me. But I hear what you're saying with the Djokovic minus 220. Like, yeah. He's never lost a semifinal. And it's just the, the mental edge, you know, all yeah. that other stuff. And like I said, I'll go back to the in this match. If I will go back to the to the the the, the more uh, the deeper stats again, the serve points one, return points one being at one hundred and ten. Yeah. Um, because like I don't like this isn't like uh, a guy who's known for choking where I would expect Sinner to be better in the better moments, and that would make sense, right? Like this is Djokovic, who's usually pretty darn good in the better in the big moments himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't expect Sinner to play. I don't think it's reasonable to expect Sinner to outplay Djokovic in the big moments. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think he might get a break here or there. Like, I don't don't necessarily think uh, Sinner is going to outplay Djokovic on big moments. Like, if, if anything, like, Sinner will rise to the occasion, but that will force Djokovic to raise his level, and it's going to be, you know... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I think like it's so boring, but for me, the play is probably Djokovic on the money line at minus 220. Money line, yeah. Yeah, which is, again, it's so boring, but I have... I, I am going somewhere with this, but I'm going to take a little while to get there. Um, But looking at the other things, I thought, like, like the some of the props, I thought mm-hmm. over three and a half breaks for um, Djokovic was... or for Djokovic was kind of interesting. Over three. I, I won't, I'm not. Break. I'm not going to hit it. But the over three and a half breaks, I think, is a relatively decent, relatively. Oh no, it's it's worse than I thought. It's juice. Um, it's one eighty five now. What is the under two and a half breaks for Sinner? Is that it? Plus one five. Yeah. But <clears throat> but that's kind of interesting because Sinner. So Sinner has won in those three hard court matches that we just talked about. And granted, it was on quicker courts. Mm-hmm. But in those three hard court matches, Sinners won twenty six and a half percent of sir, of return points in the in the three matches where where Djokovic has won two out of three, or where Sinners won two out of three. Those those three matches this year, the Davis Cup, um, mm-hmm. and the two World Tour Finals, twenty six and a half percent return points won is just abysmal. I mean, that's that's well below even what a guy like Eubanks does. Yeah. Um. So that it's in the day, so the courts won't be. I mean, it won't be fast, but it won't be that slow. But it won't be as fast as Turin was either. Uh, I mean, I probably won't hit it, but again, I think that's going to be an interesting play if you're really looking to hit this match. Um, so I just want to go back to like the pressure points. Um, so Sinner has saved a <laughs> ton of break points. He's only been broken twice this entire tournament. And he saved eight break points against Rublev. He saved nine of 10 against Kachanov. He saved all four against Baez. And he was five and he saved five of six against VDZ. So like he's playing pressure points at a very high level. Um, Do you, do you think it's more like that's just like in a way kind of like luck or do you think that's something that he can translate into a in between? Here? I, I guess I'll say two things about that. Like maybe, 
But I don't think anybody's going to argue. Like, I'm not going to argue with you and tell you that Rublev is a better player than Sinner. I'm not going to tell you that Kachanov is even near Sinner right now. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that VDZ is in Sinner's league yeah. right now. I would tell you, you know, Djokovic as a pressure player is darn good also. So does it translate into this match? Yeah. I don't know. Because I would expect Djokovic to raise his level in the key moments too. Right. True. Good point. I mean, I also think the first serve percentage is a huge thing for, for Sinner here. So like, if you look at Sinner's first serve percentages in the last few matches, 76 against Rublev, 78 against Kochnov, 77 against Bias. Even the Davis Cup match, he was 71.6%. In the match he lost to Djokovic <laughs> at the World Tour Finals, he was 57%. Yeah, I mean, look, like first serve percentage is always a big deal. But especially in this matchup, like <laughs> Sinner's going to need to win some few points, some uh, some easy points, you know, to take some pressure off. I agree. Um, right? I just I mean, I don't know, man. Asking Sinner to me to hit, I'm trying to look at Sinner. I mean, but even in in his one like subpar match this tournament, which was against VDZ in the first round, he only served sixty eight point six percent. So really, Which if is still really good, by the way, that still is like, well, well, higher than the vast majority of guys. Yeah, um, that's but if he's serving above 70 percent, he's going to have his chances to win this match. That's the way well, I wait, man. Are you looking at first serve points? One percentage of first no, serve just points percentage one, first just... in. His first oh, in first like serve percentage 60s. I'm sorry. First serve percentage points one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess they're correlated, right? So against Djokovic, he served 66.2% and then won 57.1% of those points in the loss to Djokovic in the final. In the Davis Cup match, he served 63.8%, but he won 71.6% of those points. Which still isn't that good. Like winning 70% yeah. of your first serve is not great. I think that's probably pretty close to average, if I'm not mistaken, probably even a little below average. <clears throat> yeah. So he, I mean, okay, if he serves an average of 60% first serves in, I feel like he needs to win 70 to 75% of those points to stand a chance. I think if he, I mean, if he, if he can make, yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like, I mean, can he, can he win 50% of his second serve points against Djokovic? I don't know. That's probably a reasonable guess as to how much he would win is something in the 50 range. I don't, I don't think that's going to be good enough to get him there unless he pulls off another miracle like he did in these, in these last two matches. I just, yeah, he only won 44.7% of his second serve points in the Davis Cup win. <clears throat> and in the one that he won at the World Tour Finals, it was 55.3% of the second serve points he won. And then in the um, the the final that he lost 3-3, three and three, he only won 48% of the second serve points. So, like, 
he needs to win like above 50% of the second serve points, above 70 to 75% of the first serve points. And he needs to serve a 60% first serves. I think that's really the barometer. I think it's got to be 75% for... to even have a chance. Because it's just basic math, math, right? If he wins, okay. if he makes 60% of his first serves, if he wins 75% of those points and he wins 50% on the second serve, that's 65% of service points won. That's probably the minimum to have any chance. And even then he'll probably need a miracle similar to these last two matches that he won. Because again, if you look, like I said, in the three matches against Djokovic on hard courts and granted again, worse conditions, but he's only winning 27% of return points. He needs to be above 30 to have any chance. And slower courts will help him there. He'll probably get close to that. So you've probably got that pretty close to right. He's, He's got some sort of chance if he can get to like, He's got some sort of chance if he can get to like, you know, to the numbers you just stated, I think. But the question is, Kenny, and I think that's a. Like, I think even if he gets there, I still think he's a dog. Like, even if he hits those numbers, like. I don't know, I think I think this line is like I, said, I think it's pretty well placed. I, I would take Djokovic based on all the mental stuff, but I think on the tennis, it's pretty well placed. It's best of five, you know, that, that adds something to it, like. We've seen Sinner keep it up for three sets against him. Can he can he maintain that for another two sets? That remains to be seen. Yeah. You know? I think Djokovic um, to win and both to win a set could be interesting at plus 125. I like that. I like it a lot. <clears throat> I mean, just from a tense perspective, I'm hoping Sinner pulls this out. Like, I just think it would be cool to see you know, a new face in the final. And like, I, I feel like, I really feel like Sinner deserves one of these slams. I also think um, Sinner Medvedev would be an interesting finals matchup. It would be. I don't think Djokovic versus Medvedev or Zverev is particularly interesting. Yeah, we've seen it so many times. I mean, Djokovic Medvedev is always interesting just from, from a tactical perspective, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely want to see Sinner Medvedev. And I, they've had really <laughs> good matches too. Like the Vienna final was insane. Um, I think they've had a couple, couple battles recently. Yeah. Um, so from a betting perspective here, I like the over, I, I, I don't necessarily think physicality is going to be an, a, a, um, a problem with, with center. I, I wouldn't back him to win just because of that, but like, but for it to be a long, you know, grueling match. I don't see how it's a blowout in either way. You know, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I see how it could be three sets. I, 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 I mean, I don't think it's going to be, but I can see this being Djokovic three zero, especially if Sinner doesn't play well in the big moments. He's done yeah. better with that, but last time we saw at Wimbledon, that was the exact problem. Like, ironically, Wimbledon Sinner played probably the best he's played against Djokovic from a pure tennis perspective, and that was like a dead even match. Sinner just couldn't win a big point to save his life. Right. <coughs> I feel like he's improved since then, and he's going to win some big points. It's not like he's going to lose every big point like he did in that match. I I've, I said when we were doing pods during Wimbledon, like I thought he had a big point problem at that point. Like I remember there was a match in Halle against Sonigo where he went like 0 of 12 on break points or something. Yeah. And that's Sonigo, right. you know? Um. I feel like he's rectified that. I feel like confidence has a big 
part to play in how well you play big points. And this is the most confident he's been. Um, so I'm going to probably hit the over 40 and a half. I might actually hit the five set line if I get a good price here. Go back to something, Manny. Yep. If you feel good about the Djokovic to win this match in the end, mm -hmm. what about hitting the Djokovic to win in over 38 and a half at plus 175? I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah. Are you going to hit that? No, but I think if you like Sinner in this matchup, especially in the early part of this match, I think that's a good good place to look. See, so the way I'm kind of attacking this match is like, I think if, if Djokovic wins this, it's like, I would look at a longer match because like then maybe physicality can become an issue late in the fifth set, you know? Um, but if Sinner wins this, I feel like he's going to have to win this in four. You know, so like yeah. if I would play center, I might play like center to win an under 41 and a half games. What is center minus a set and a half? That's a good point. Plus 275. But that's not that much better than the plus 180 that you're getting for the money line. Yeah. Like, I thought I would be getting, like, plus 350 for that. You know, then it would be worth it, I think. But in yeah. this instance, it's not good enough. <clears throat> Do you agree with that take that, like, if Sinner wins this, it would most likely have to be in three or four? I think the longer this goes, the more Joker has an advantage. I was yeah. like mentally, right? Like, you know, like, I still don't fully trust Sinner, like, Sinner's never been in the position before we had a chance in a semifinal. Yeah. Yeah. Djokovic to win in a tiebreak in the match at plus 135. That's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, like this is... I think the book is pretty well played, but I do think Djokovic has an edge on the, the things I just mentioned. So I'll probably play the Djokovic money line at minus two twenty. Okay, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen you play a minus two hundred line in your life. So. Yeah, I don't like that. I get it. Five sets at plus two forty five. Yeah, eh, probably not good enough. Djokovic to lose the first set and win the match at plus 400 is kind of interesting. I agree. I agree. <coughs> yeah. Like, I don't see this being a straight set match, so I, I would lean towards playing a guy to win plus the over. Um, you know, guy to win and both guys to win a set, so you get a little bit extra. Yeah, I'm not so sure I agree, which is like I said, I think this is you could. I think most of these lines are pretty darn, pretty darn well played. 
Okay. Over six and a half breaks. I could see that. I mean, based on the head to head stats in the last three matches, I don't know. It's probably well said. And the fact that it's during the day, right? It plays a little bit quicker. Yeah. <clears throat> it's probably well set. It's also, again, like if, if Sinner's only going to win 30% of return points or less potentially, like how's he how's he going to contribute much at all of that six and a half? So then you need to have Djokovic do all the work there. You need to have Djokovic beat the doors off. Yeah. Of but if you think it's going to be a close match, you think Joe and thinks it'll get a few breaks. Then it's a decent play, but I'm not on it either way. I mean, I could I could see the argument both ways, but I, I'm pretty well off it. Well, also, uh, Djokovic has gone through lulls with serving. Like he started the Fritz match serving poorly, so his serve has kind of been on and off this tournament. There have been periods where he's been amazing on serve, but then there's there's also been periods where he's been getting broken a lot. Like Prismic broke broke him, I think, three straight times. Uh, Popperin got a few breaks. Like he hasn't been serving at the same clip he normally does. <coughs> yeah, I, I hear you. It's just I think it's really hard to ju to judge any of Djokovic's performances so far in this tournament. Besides maybe the Fritz one, and I'll just go back to like, I'll go back to what I said. Like, how many break break points did Fritz even generate against Djokovic in the first two sets? I think it was like one or two. It wasn't very many at all. Yeah, it wasn't that many. Yeah, he. But again, Prince that's six break You know what I mean? Like, it's match. so hard to evaluate this because, like, if you look at his five matches, like, I don't even want to really talk about Prismich or Poppering because he just wasn't the same player in the beginning of the tournament. Etch, Etchy beat pretty good. He didn't face a break point there. Manorino's not even worth talking about. And Fritz, I mean, he saved four out of six break points. But again, Fritz is his puppet. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, there is something to be said about Djokovic rising, raising his level at the end of the slam. And I think yeah. he gets a game just for that, just his track record in, in semis and finals. I mean, this this is what um, he plays for, right? We, we said he plays four no. weeks a year. Realistically, Djokovic's season is four weeks a year, and this is one of those weeks. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably well said. I'm just going to go with the total, I think. And I'm just going to hit the over 40 and a half at minus 115. And just I'm, I'm hoping for a classic. Like, I'm really hoping for something special. I get it. Um, so. All right. Next match. Medvedev against Zverev. Uh, Medvedev is a two-game favorite. Minus 155 on the money line. Zverev is plus 130. The over-under is 41 and a half. Um, it's, it's another line that's just very well said. These these books are very sharp with this. Um, I'm leaning Zverev money line at plus 130, but then the mental aspect comes in. You know, the Medvedev has kind of had his number recently. Besides, I think Cincinnati Zverev got him there, but that's about it. Um, It's a totally different matchup than Alcaraz because like Medvedev is going to get more balls in the court you know the six balls in the court. We're not. We're not going to have to be screaming that at Medvedev. That's for sure. Well, maybe on the serve. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um. So also, I I think it's it's hard to back up a win like that. Like that was such an emotional 
big win for Zverev that like backing that up with another big win against a guy that has had your number. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to back Zverev in this spot. Initially I did just, but that was like, I think I posted on the discord, but that's just because like I was overreacting kind of to the, to the Alcaraz win and the Alcaraz performance. Um, but now thinking about it, more i think it's it's well set um probably another match i'm i'm targeting the over here at four, over 41 it's a bit, it's getting high i wish it was 40 and a half not 41 but i'd lean over here what are your thoughts uh, i got a lot of thoughts actually um i think the first thing is um so i think it's a really interesting line because Looking at the the stats again, recent the recent stats last six months would seem to indicate that this is a little better. Whether you look at the, this tournament or the the, the past six months, Zverev's mm-hmm. been the slightly better player. Um, it's been close, but Zverev's been slightly better. Um, but the head to head here is so in favor of Medvedev. Like yeah. it looks close, like eleven seven or something. But four of those wins were before Medvedev even broke into the top twenty, and since then I think it's like eleven three Medvedev. Remember, Medvedev does an unfair tactics against Djokovic. He uses Jedi tricks, so he could use the Force of the Jedi to eventually uh, to 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 beat Zverev if this gets close. What was uh, their beef in the Monte Carlo? What match? Remember their beef in Monte Carlo? No, that, that's why I was at the Jedi mind tricks. He, okay. he's, you know, like Medvedev will use. You know, Medvedev can resort to those. Um. The, the challenge, and another challenge here, um, is if you look, career in semis and finals of slams, Zverev is one and six. And that win, he came back against two sets down from boost. I'm sure you remember that. Yep, yep. Um, Medvedev is six and six. So it's tough, because I, I can see both sides of this line. I can see... If you're going to back either side of this line, I could see doing it. I don't know, man. I got to go. I got to go back to like. And then, and then the last thing I about is the physicality. Both these guys have been on court a lot. They both been on court almost 17 yep. hours each. Yeah. Neither guy looked particularly great at the end of their match. I thought if that went to a fifth set against Alcaraz, Vera was done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think Medvedev looked like. I know. I know Medvedev played okay, but I didn't think he looked particularly great. Um, but I, I do trust Medvedev has a little, a few extra hours of rest. I don't think it matters a lot, but it's probably worth a little bit. Um, I've got two plays here in the end. But either guy could see this could end up being a match of who goes first physically. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure who I trust more physically. I, I trust both these guys actually quite a bit physically. Um, I do too. But they've also both spent a lot of time on the court, so it's, it's there's there's both sides of that. Um. I've played Medvedev and laid the two games and I've played the Medvedev at the minus 155 and I've parlayed that with Djokovic. So I got plus 134 parlaying both those, like the taking the center uh, or not the center, taking the Medvedev Djokovic final. Um, Those are my plays. I, but I, I, I can see arguments in a lot of different directions. I just think that like the, I'll, I'll side with the head to head and the fact that I think that, if uh, I think if this gets close, it's a big advantage to Medvedev. 
I also don't think like any of the like the stupid stuff Medvedev does sometimes when he's way ahead in matches, he's gonna do in this match. Yeah, so I'm kind of using the like the head-to-head -head in Medvedev's advantage and then the form in Zverev's advantage. And to me, it's a wash, and that's why I lean over. If that makes sense. I mean, it's hard for me to argue any of that with you. You know what I mean? Like it's like I yeah. get why the book has put it the way the way it has. And that's why I think it's a cool match to, to handicap and to talk about. Because I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot to chat about here. Like I think it, you know, I, I see I see both I see both sides. Yeah. And I think a lot of their recent matches, like I, I know Medvedev has pulled out, but like they've been pretty close. They've been close, yeah. Yeah. Right. And most of them have gone over the twenty two and a half. Well, I don't uh, know if it's 40 and a half, 41. What is it? 41 and a half. 41 now it's and up half. That 41 and a half really does not correlate to a 22 and a half in a best of three. It's more like a. It doesn't. It's more like a, like almost like a 24 or 24 and a half in a best of three. It's a really high over. But what That's I'm saying I, is it's a lot of like extended sets. Like I see a lot of seven sixes. I see a lot of seven fives. I, I, there's one six two here. That was on clay. Cincinnati was a really close match. Another tie break at the Nito ATP finals. It's like there have been a ton of close matches. So I would normally agree with you, but like <clears throat> I'm a little worried about like, does somebody go away physically? So the over scares me because somebody goes away in the la latter two sets. That could be a little scary. But I see the argument. Like it's hard for me to argue with you there. I don't necessarily think it's like a, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a fun match to cap because I think you can make an argument for almost everything. Mm hmm. Yeah. What's both guys to break in the first set? Plus 160. I think I'm going to hit that. That could be worth a look. Like, I've got to look at the break props on this. Because um, that could be worth a look. <coughs> yeah. Because I feel like Zverev doesn't get as much progression against Medvedev on serve just because of like how hard he is to ace. Well, and plus Zverev doesn't do a whole lot of acing himself. Right. And I feel like Medvedev is smart enough to direct that return to Zverev's forehand where he can't <laughs> make as much progression. Like from the eye test, I, I think it's a good matchup for Medvedev. And the results show that recently yeah i would agree with that i think the biggest thing is just the mental like there's a i think there's especially in a slam semi i think there's a mental a mental gulf between these two guys okay not even i mean i don't think he's necessarily a complete choker but he's done he's had some issues with it whereas medvedev yeah. like medvedev is almost the opposite where like i don't think he had like he gets whiny sometimes in matches he knows he can win but like i don't know if i've ever seen like Mental really like cost Medvedev a match. I'm like, oh, mental Medvedev just went yeah. away mentally, or, or he just like gave up a match mentally. And when he like fully respects a guy, and like when you know when he plays top ten guys, it's rare that he whines and goes clown mode. Yeah, he only does it when he's like struggling against like Nuno Borges, exactly. Right or exactly. Chris Chris O'Connell. Like there, there's a. <clears throat> Which again, when I look at the form, right? That's that, that's like that's why that, that's what I start to ask. Like, okay, is Zverev's form really better? Because like if you're saying his form is better, well, how much of that is Medvedev going clown mode against weaker guys? Now, 
I did look against top 20 guys over the past six months, and Zverev's a little better there too. Okay. So I don't think it's completely that, but again, I think it's like I can see an argument both ways. I like I mean it's really a cool match to cap because I think there's there's facts in both directions. Okay. Like I think the books put this at a good spot, but I've like I said, I've gone with the the Medvedev minus two and the um and the Medvedev Djokovic parlay just because I I'm putting more weight in the uh in the mental side and in the mental capping this match. Then why can you see three zero here as well? I I think three zero is very unlikely. So I, I, if you're playing Medvedev, <laughs> I would play Medvedev to win and both players to win a set at plus one. That's not a bad look either. I, I've, I've been staring at that. I think that's a decent look too. That's probably where I go. I get all your points on the mental edge. I I see breaks here. Like when they've played in the past, haven't there been quite a few breaks? The Cincinnati one, there were five breaks. The ATP finals, which was a really quick court. Three breaks. No, it's one break. Break points saved. That's one. Yeah, one plus two. Three. Oh yeah, three. You're right. Yep. The Beijing semifinal. Two breaks. Two. Yeah. I think it's probably. I think. I think this is pretty well set. You know, like all priced. But I do like both players to break in first set at plus 160. It's not a bad look. That's probably the one I'll stare at the most. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm going to play Medvedev to win and both to win a set at plus 140. I'm going to do that break prop, and I'm probably going to hit the over 41 and a half. Those are going to be my three plays in this match. Yeah, I think it's, it's, yeah. Do we have any GBM? GBM plays. I mean, if you want to go with me on the Medvedev Djokovic parlay at plus one forty, mm. I don't think it's amazing value, but I think there's value. But it's it's it may not be any to be honest. Like these are these are just hard matches. I mean. I think this is a pretty well, pretty well, I mean, you know, it's a tough time of the year. Probably not the more I think about it. I think I, I don't really love uniting up too heavy on these matches. Yeah, the lines are very sharp. I agree. Yeah. I'm not going to join you. I, I think I think there's a path for. Especially Zverev to. To, to win. I think there's a path for both. I agree. There's a path for center as well. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I love the way center is playing right now. Like, I think if there's a time to get Djokovic here, it's it's this. It, it's now. I don't necessarily think it will happen, but I'd need a little more than plus 140. Like, I'd need at least plus 160 to go in with you there. Um, I get it. 
So yeah, it's 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 sad. No no GBM plays here, but uh, we're hoping for two classics. I'm really, especially the Djokovic Center. Um, I I think that that's gonna just be a great match to watch, and I, I'm stoked like being on the East Coast that it's at 10:30 and not at three in the morning. Like also from a, you know, scheduling perspective, like it was the right thing for the tournament to do. But like, I'm just like happy that I get it. Yeah, we'll actually be able to watch it. You want to do a spaces during the match? Yeah. Yeah, let's plan for that. Yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. Any any last thoughts before we sign off? No, honestly, like I think it's it should be two fun matches. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Um Yeah. I think those are my biggest thoughts. I think I think it'll be two fun matches, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. always as always. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope we've had a fun Absolutely. fun time betting. Um, yeah, we've had a fun time betting. I don't know if we've been winning as much, but we've had a fun time betting. I think I'm doing okay because I did really well the first three days, so I still think I'm, I, I need to track. I need to put my results in the spreadsheet, but I think I'm still doing pretty good because I was up I was up big the first three days, and I've really I've really calmed my volume down the second week just because I think the lines are so sharp um so yeah yeah it's it's been rough for me on the single bets or like on the daily bets but um the futures have been amazing they've actually yeah i killed on the futures holding too. me together so <coughs> um still down for the year but um just need to maybe hit a parlay here or there or um you know have one or two good days in a row to get me back in so uh, gpm <laughs> plays were down i think five uh, nine units now with a winning day yesterday i gotta do the math but um yeah we had a good patch and then another rough patch so it the year is young right it is yeah a lot of tennis left so all right everyone have a great day enjoy the matches and uh, we'll see you for our spaces or another pod coming up thanks everyone good one